Hi, Oddings. It's your Ate Sapphire. I hope you'll think today's episode is a masterpiece because they're all about art. First, we'll hear a true story from a boy who discovered his artistic talent was a curse. Then, we'll watch a painter and his muse sleep in a cabin with a peculiar painting and identify with a mermaid image in a hotel room. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. The first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. But before we get into today's stories, I wanted to answer some listener mail. If you remember last week's episode, I told the story of a mysterious green light that two young girls witnessed coming from a field in their neighborhood. I asked you all if you'd heard anything similar to this that might help them figure out what it was. So I got an email from Celeste who sent a link to a Reddit post by Nathan NL that I'll read for you now. When I was a child, I was fast asleep when I woke up in the middle of the night, immediately confronted by a bright green light in my bedroom. I then got scared since I couldn't think of anything emitting it in my room, let alone how it could have turned on. And then I woke my mother, who's seen it as well. Terrified, I dug my head in my pillow until I fell asleep again. When I woke up the following morning, the light was gone. I searched my room for any object capable of emitting the intense green light. There was none. I'm not sure this is the right subreddit for stuff like this, but it's pretty much the only thing I have experienced in my life which I can sincerely not explain. I hope it was just because I was still half asleep or something like that. But how could another person have seen the exact same thing if that's the case? So that post was in the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit. Um, Yeah, that's really weird. I mean, I've never seen a green light in the middle of the night, but um, the fact that multiple people have reported something similar, um, yeah, there's got to be some sort of explanation. Um, If anyone else has any other insight, please email me. Want to hear something scary? Life imitates art. The following story is based on real events that happened to Patrick. I used to love drawing when I was younger. Art class was my favorite, but I gave it all up recently. And if you experienced what I have, you'd understand. I first discovered my gift in middle school. Every week we experimented with different styles and they really encouraged us to challenge ourselves. One week, the assignment was to create a drawing with accentuated shadows and shapes. I ended up drawing a desert along Route 66. I'd never driven down it, but that's what came to mind. The next week, we had to cut out a photo from a magazine and draw around it. I found a photo of a random blue car and placed it in my sketch of another long desert road with mountains in the distance. The following week, we got to experiment with ink and quill pen. And no, I didn't draw another desert road. This time, I was compelled to draw a bird. I wasn't sure what kind it was, just a small, generic bird. After I finished, I decided to add some more elements around the bird. I drew a window behind it, a table underneath it, and an oil lamp in front of it. 
My teacher was walking around the room and stopped at my desk. Interesting. Why is the bird inside the house? I don't know, that's what my body told me to draw. And that's how it felt whenever I made art. Like someone was giving me instructions and I was merely following them. I thought that's what inspiration was. I thought everybody felt that way until I got older. I ended up getting into my dream art school on a full ride scholarship. I was so ecstatic to continue honing my skills. My dad, however, was not. He thought art school would be a waste of time and that I should be pursuing something more practical. I didn't blame him for his opinion. He's from a different time. But it was a bummer to not have his support. We fought a lot because of this. It got pretty bad to the point where I moved out of the house without him knowing and into my boyfriend Adam's place. I wouldn't admit it at the time, but that's probably why my work during that period was much darker, more graphic, images filled with despair, deterioration, fear. But again, I believed I was just listening to that soundless voice inside of me, controlling my every stroke. There was one painting I made in particular that made Miss Bella, one of my professors at the time, very concerned. She told me to hang back after class to talk with her. Hey Patrick, um, I don't want to worry you, you're doing very well in class, but uh, I wanted to talk to you about you. How are you doing? She asked, her kind eyes looking deep into mine. I'm fine, why do you ask? I guess I'm just slightly concerned about some of the work you've been doing lately. I mean, don't misunderstand, it's all very beautiful, but also very sad. I'm just drawing what my body tells me to draw. So your body told you to draw a self-portrait with monsters ripping you to shreds? Well, it's not really supposed to be taken literally. And a man drowning in a pool filling up with his own blood? Oh, that's my dad. He likes to go swimming, but that's not supposed to be blood. Look, you don't need to tell me anything you don't want to tell me. If you say everything is fine, then I believe you. I knew that my relationship with my dad hadn't been great lately, and maybe I was denying the responsibility of mending that relationship and placing it on this invisible entity that I claimed was controlling me. But I wasn't ready to make amends yet. I went back to my apartment and had this sudden desire to look at my old drawings. I think I wanted to remind myself of how art made me feel when I was younger. As I laid my drawings out on my bed, Adam came up behind me. He pointed at the car. Wow, so you ended up getting your dream car, huh? What are you talking about? That's just a random car. That's the exact same color and model as yours. I hadn't noticed that before. Adam then pointed at the drawing of the bird. Whoa, that's so weird. He pulled out his phone and showed me a photo he took of a bird inside of a house next to an oil lamp. It was nearly identical. My stomach began to hurt. If these drawings had somehow predicted the future, I looked over at the painting of my dad. No, that's not possible. This is all just a coincidence, I kept telling myself. There's no such thing as drawing the future. <clears throat> then my phone rang. It was my mom. Pat, you need to come to the hospital right now. It's your father.
I sped over there. It's a miracle I didn't get pulled over. The entire drive, I just kept thinking, please don't let him be dead, please don't let him be dead. I got to his room. My mom rushed over to me and held me. It doesn't make sense, it just doesn't make sense. Earlier that night, my dad was about to take a swim in the pool like he usually did, but when he didn't come inside after an hour, my mom went out to check on him. And that's when she found him, floating in the pool that was slowly filling up with his blood. Somehow, his head was cracked open by a heavy object as he was in the water, and he drowned. There was a big rock at the bottom of the pool, so my mom thinks that was probably what hit him. But how? It doesn't make sense, Pat. After my dad died, I dropped out of art school and I vowed never to touch a pencil again. I was just a vessel and something horrible was using me and I, I couldn't let it anymore. I wasn't gifted. I was cursed. So tomorrow, my boyfriend and I are headed on a long road trip across the country. I'd never seen the desert or the mountains. I just needed to get away from everything. Maybe we'll move to another state. I just want to drive to a place far away where my stupid drawings can't hurt anyone ever again. And now, more something scary. This next story was written by Lily, called The Maddened Artist's Masterpiece. I grew up in a big city, and I never really stood out. It didn't bother me much, though, just to be another face in the crowd. I had more time to focus on my art career. Well, what little of a career that I had, of course. My paintings didn't fetch very much of a price, as my art wasn't what you tend to call traditional. I always painted the same subject over and over. A girl. She was someone who I'd seen in my dreams many times. An unimaginable beauty. So unimaginable that I could never paint her entire face. There was always some sort of problem with at least one of her features. Sometimes it was her hair and others her eyes. It was frustrating to say the least. If I couldn't capture her beauty perfectly, then the painting was nothing more than garbage. What also got to people was the very manner that I painted her in. Always her single features would be contorted in some sort of horror-stricken expression. Red paint splattered across the canvas, almost like blood. But of course, I never noticed any of it or had a problem with it. She was my beautiful muse, and I painted her as I saw her. After many months, I was in a rut, and a bad one at that. My friend seemed to notice because he insisted on setting me up for a blind date with a beauty he'd met at his local grocery store. I questioned why he didn't take her out himself, but he was vague and didn't really give me a straight answer. I did agree, though, but only to get him off my back. I went to the restaurant at the time my friend had said she'd be around. Approaching the table she sat at, I'll admit that I wasn't expecting much. No girl, no matter how pretty she was, would ever have the same exceptional beauty as my muse. When I took my place at the table, I was shocked 
to see the girl who sat across from me. It was her. It was my muse. There was no other way to go about it. This girl was her. I recognized those eyes, so clear and framed by the longest, most perfect lashes. Her lips, full and supple, formed into a sweet smile. Her dark hair swept down her shoulders and elegantly brushed against her long, slender neck. Her name was Lorelei, and she was the girl of my dreams. I begged her to allow me to paint her portrait, to finally capture the beauty of my muse. The smile she gave me, one of pity. Near matching the expression a ruler gave an underling when they begged to have their life spared. But at that moment, I saw it as one of kindness. She agreed, so long as I promised to paint her perfectly. Of course, I didn't think I'd have any trouble with that, so I gave her my word. For weeks, I painted her portrait over and over. I never tired of looking upon her enchanting visage, but one thing still chipped away at my heart. No matter how I painted her, she always dismissed the work as garbage. She gave me permission to sell these paintings, but I always refused. Lorelai was mine, and no one else was fit to look at her. I would be the only one to have her. As more time passed, I began to notice Lorelai's inflated sense of vanity. I had stored away canvas after canvas of her portraits in my basement. All of them were dubbed to be failures. She insisted that her beauty hadn't yet been captured perfectly, which she would accept no less than. I, being the obsessive fool that I was, agreed to follow through with her demands. I know how I looked at her, just like a lovesick puppy. But one night, I finally snapped. I had finished yet another painting of Lorelei and presented it to her hopefully. She laughed in my face and began to shout at me. She called my work nothing more than a joke, claiming that a child could surpass my meager skill. She was tired of me and my sad excuse for artwork. She said that she was finally going to leave, to find another artist who would do a better job than me. I felt my eye twitch, and I picked up the brush. I said to her that I would try one more time. Hours passed, and I worked tirelessly, brush stroke after brush stroke against the canvas. I blended colors and worked in the perfect detailing until finally, finally, I was finished. I smiled at Lorelai's posed body on the lounge before me. I had, after so many months, captured her true beauty. I looked at the paint on the canvas and the red that deep, thick, crimson color. It was the most perfect part of the painting. I turned the canvas towards her and gleefully exclaimed, I've done it. I finally, truly captured your soul. She lay there for the first time, speechless. I chuckled to myself, thinking of how I'd put my blood, sweat, and tears into the other portraits in my basement that had been dubbed failures by my dear, sweet muse. This time, it had been her blood that had gone into my work. Well, time to find a new subject. Thank you for sending that story in, Lily. I really enjoyed it. 
You know, it's funny. This entire episode is actually reminding me of that one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Where that girl is an artist and then she like gets tra- <laughs> she gets trapped in those paintings. Oh, man, I loved that show. This next story was submitted by Riley, who claims that this happened to his uncle. It's a short and sweet one, but it always gives me chills. Once there was a lumberjack. He was paid to cut down trees for others to use for firewood or furniture. He'd usually wander far from his truck, going deeper and deeper into the forest as he worked. One day, night had fallen and he was still deep in the trees. Instead of risking getting lost to trying to head back in the dark, he decided to build a makeshift shelter for himself out of sticks. As he searched for branches and twigs, he stumbled upon a small cabin. It was covered in vines and the trees around it had warped to accommodate it. The lumberjack knocked. No answer. He knocked again, but the door was so old and flimsy that it fell right over. He called out into the small shack. He stepped inside and found a bed and a small lantern already lit. It almost seemed like it had been waiting for him. He didn't love the idea of breaking and entering someone's home, but he also didn't want to spend the night outside. So he told himself that if anybody came, he'd explain himself and hopefully they'd understand. He collapsed onto the bed and stared up at the ceiling. He jumped a little when he saw what was up there. There was a very odd painting hanging on the roof. It depicted about five faces staring intently downward. The lumberjack shuddered. He thought it was such a weird piece of work. He blew out the light and quickly fell asleep. The next morning, he was awakened by the sun shining into the cabin. He thought that was strange, since he didn't remember the cabin having any windows. Then he realized where the light was coming from. As he lay on the bed, he stared up at the creepy painting. Only, there was no painting, but a roof light. (laughs) Thank you so much, Riley, for sharing that with us. It gets me every time. And finally, our last story for today comes from Elle about a painting in a hotel room. Back when I was 10 years old, my parents got divorced. They did a pretty good job of keeping the messy details from me, but I was aware that things weren't very amicable between my parents. My mom was going to move out and my dad was going to keep the house, so I was going to stay with him a majority of the time since our house was near my school. It's not that I didn't love my dad, but I did have a closer, deeper relationship with my mom. Like, I always felt like my dad kept everything surface level with me. I was really upset that I wouldn't be seeing my mom as often, and I think my dad could tell. After everything had settled, he wanted to take me on a road trip, just me and him. It was his attempt at cheering me up. So he took a week off of work, and we were going to road trip to Disneyland, stopping at different hotels along the way. It was a very dad thing of him to do. Drop everything and distract yourself to avoid dealing with your emotions. Despite that, 
I'd never been to Disneyland, so I was super excited. It was the second hotel we stayed at on our trip. Everything looked amazing in the lobby. Paintings framed in gold and fantastic statues of past patrons. We got into our room and I fell in love. I went straight to the window that overlooked the beautiful garden with hedges shaped like animals. I turned around, hoping to be just as astonished by the room, but instead was anxiety struck. The creepiest painting I had ever seen was framed in gold and perched above one of the beds. I wish I could find a photo of it to send you, but I'll try to explain it as best as I can. It was of a woman with red hair, which had golden orange streaks in it. It was very curly and had what looked like bits of seaweed in it. And the lower half of her body was that of a fish's. She was a mermaid. We weren't near the coast, so I found it strange the hotel would have a nautical-themed painting. But I'd never seen a painting of a mermaid like this. Usually they're sprawled on a rock, looking graceful and peaceful. But this mermaid, she was on the shore, her human hands clawing into the sand like she was pulling herself out of the ocean. Her skin wasn't glowing and her scales didn't sparkle. She looked like she was dying. And her sea foam colored eyes were looking directly at me. That painting gave me the creeps. So I made my dad sleep on that bed. The next morning, my dad ordered us some breakfast to be brought to the room. As I ate there quietly, he could tell that something was bothering me. Hey, honey, he said. Did you see those cool sculptures in the garden? Maybe we can check those out before we head out. Got a big day ahead of us. I wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. He was just trying to fill the silence anyway. But I was very distracted by the painting. She was looking right at me. Do you think mermaids are more human or fish? I blurted out, completely ignoring whatever my dad was talking about prior. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, they live in the water, so probably more fish, I guess. So now that I'm living with you more, does that make me less of mom's daughter? My dad dropped his fork. Oh, honey, not at all. We sat in silence for a few moments. I knew he was trying to think of something profound to say, but was coming up short. He placed his hand on my shoulder. You don't look like a mermaid to me. I looked over at the painting of the decaying mermaid. I kind of feel like one, I said. I'm just so tired all the time. Will that feeling ever go away? My dad and I had never had a serious conversation about our feelings, so I don't know what I was expecting from him at the time. I think I just wanted some sort of validation or reassurance that everything was going to be okay. But my dad couldn't even give me that. Instead, he smiled and said, Ha! You think you're depressed now? Wait till you're my age. We had some time to kill before our first activity of the day, so I told my dad I was going to swim in the pool for a bit. Honestly, I was kind of annoyed that he was refusing to have a real conversation with me. That was one thing I really loved about talking with mom. She never talked down to me just because I was a kid. I got to the pool and it was completely deserted. 
It was such a nice day. I thought it was odd that not a single other guest was out, but I thought of it as a blessing. I had the whole place to myself to decompress. So without much thought, I jumped into the water. I submerged my entire body and tried to go into a meditation pose. I shut my eyes and cleared my mind. It was nice, calm, peaceful. All of a sudden, this really pretty melody came into my head. It sounded like I was on land and someone was singing to me. The sound wasn't distorted from the water. In fact, it sounded like it was coming from right under my nose. I opened my eyes and looked down. I felt my jaw moving. I saw my lips twist and I realized the sound was coming from my own mouth. I was the one who was singing it and it didn't even sound like I was underwater. It sounded perfect. But as soon as I made that revelation, I also realized that my body was running out of air. I tried to swim up to the surface, but I wasn't moving. Something was pulling me down. Then I heard another voice echoing in my ears. You belong Mom, down here. Would you rather die? Who was that? Where was it coming from? I looked towards my feet and I could have sworn I saw a shadowy figure holding my legs. I kicked my feet the hardest I'd ever kicked and managed to break free from its grip. All the while, the voices continued to taunt he me. He doesn't understand you. He ruined your life. No, don't fight it's this. It's deeper down here. down here. No, I didn't want to die. I swam to the surface and took a deep breath of air. I pulled myself onto the ledge of the pool and out of the water. As I caught my breath, I looked into the pool to see if I could find the thing that was holding me down. And that's when I noticed something I had missed before jumping in. There was something in the pool. At the bottom, there was a large mosaic. It looked just like the mermaid in that painting. And she was staring at me. Without drying myself off with a towel, I ran straight back to my room. I flung open the door and gave my dad a big, wet hug. He was startled at first, but hugged me back. Hey, everything okay? No, everything isn't, I said. And that's okay. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to join our Patreon, visit patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams.